Welcome to the True Man Podcast with Mike Van Pelt, helping you gain clarity, peace, and understanding in your walk with God as a man, a father, and a spouse. Hey, get involved with the show. Send us your email to mike.vanpelt at wedevelopyou.com. If you're wondering what's gone adrift in my masculine soul and asking, is there more to life? Well, this is where it begins. This is the True Man Podcast. He had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of people. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 17. Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the second person of the Holy Trinity, true God and true men. Well, thank God for that, and welcome to the initial True Man Podcast, an invitation to look inside your masculine heart and soul. We hope that you'll join us weekly as we dare to ask the deep questions inside a man. Learn to live free with us as oriented men and get to know what God is up to in your life. Well, folks, I'm pleased to be joined by my special friend and co-host, Mr. Paul Bailey. Paul is a financial advisor and owns his own firm, Palmetto Wealth Advisors, and you can reach him after the show at paul.bailey, that's B-A-I-L-Y, at lpl.com. More importantly, Paul's a faithful dad, husband, and friend, which is good, because in order to do this show, that would be a prerequisite. So, Paul, how are you doing today? I'm great. Good to be here and to finally get started with you. So excited about the days ahead. Can you believe that we're finally pulling this off? We talked about this for, for, for quite a period of time and and we're going for it going for it all right well in our lives paul and i have learned a lot about the role of story and just absolutely learned to love a good story like a good movie a good book and so we have learned a, a lot more about the role that god has for us and our role in the larger story with christ and so in our small group that we do, True Man, we place a, a high level of emphasis on getting to know men at more than an inch deep level. So story is a big part of what we do. And as we uh, live into this podcast, you're going to hear a lot of stories uh, told. But today, we just want to touch on a snippet of our story so that you can learn a little bit about us and where we're headed. So Paul, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Yeah. So I'm 55 years old, which is seems like uh, a lot of water under the bridge. However, uh, feels like my heart's still uh, about 25. Uh, so the time does roll through. You don't look a day over 30, so I would say that's fine. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I'll get you your cash a little later. Thank you. So I grew up uh, in a typical fundamental evangelical home, uh, raised in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Uh, came to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior as a five or a six-year-old. It just seemed like in our family, uh, you came to know God uh, through the love and the generosity uh, of the people around you and being part of a church family. It, it was just very natural for me to want uh, something deeper, uh, something that I saw that my parents had that I didn't have. And so at some point I, I became very aware uh, that uh, I was uh, a son uh, of God, and I needed his love and grace 
uh, to uh, move through life with a sense of purpose and calling, though it took me years, decades, to figure that out uh, and having to navigate many of the false um, narratives, a lot of the false messages that uh, others would create and that I would believe, and quite frankly, that I was complicit in forming myself. So, But that was a great start. Uh, grew up in a, in a, in a large uh, extended family. I remember as uh, a, young, a young guy, we'd go down to my uncle's farm, maybe for Thanksgiving, and there may be 30 to 40, uh, maybe 50 of us uh, between aunts, uncles, cousins, uh, brothers and sisters and whatnot. But, but my parents were, were godly people. They, uh, they loved God, were uh, sacrificial, put a, a very high value on knowing the Bible, reading the Bible, understanding what, uh, what God had for us. And yet there were some disconnects, as we all oftentimes uh, realize. And, and one of the di- disconnects for me was uh, believing that uh, if I knew theology, if I knew about the Bible and about God, that equated to spiritual maturity. And uh, you can exhibit, of course, as, as we all know, all sorts of outward qualities that might suggest you're, quote, spiritual and yet not have a vibrant life with God. So I got a good start. I just got off the tracks a little bit when I started putting stuff and uh, knowledge in front of relationship. And it would take years for me to understand my identity in Christ and and what that might mean. But I went on then to uh, go to Bible college. Uh, My parents made this grand promise that... uh, if I'd go to Bible college for the first couple of years and get a good foundational understanding of, of, of uh, the Word of God, they'd pay for it. <clears throat> so I jumped on that and found myself really enjoying my time there, uh, though still not without a, a serious uh, call uh, on my life to, to a purpose. And so floundered a little bit, but ended up graduating four years with a bachelor's in religious education. It wasn't long until I returned to the college. I was invited to come back and be in charge of the men's dorm, which was uh, an experience, to say the least. This was a small Bible college in the Midwest. Uh, At its height, it had 250 students. So everybody knew everything about everybody. Huge, huge campus. It was... was, uh, It was not something that you'd have to have a map to figure out how to get to class A to class B. But but that being said, uh, I realized then that I needed to go deeper in my relationship with God, and I was curious about how God actually worked in people's lives and hearts to, to change them, to bring meaning on a deeper level than just a theological understanding. And, and so I went off and got my master's in biblical counseling, having be, be, uh, becoming aware and, and uh, very attracted to the teaching of folks like uh, Larry Crabb, Dan Allender, uh, and eventually, uh, say Eldridge and and some other uh, folks along that that vein, but uh, ultimately uh, went ahead and, uh, and and did that. Did not uh, go on to professional counseling, but have benefited for the last twenty twenty five years from what I learned uh, there. And off I went, and so we got married at a later age at thirty two. <clears throat> we adopted some children, and then. Uh, I uh, did a number of things involved uh, flipping houses, could have had our own reality show, 
uh, and, and I was really interested in, in seeing just what sort of skill sets God had, had given me and just how far we could take those. And, and we did very well and it was very enjoyable. However, uh, realizing that that was not going to be a career path that would be long-term or bring a, a deep sense of satisfaction. And ultimately, found myself at a large national firm getting into the uh, advisor role and then a few years later going independent currently with a uh, larger national firm as an independent uh, financial advisor and in which we do talk about money and mutual funds and all that fun stuff. But ultimately, we hope to influence lives because when you talk about people's financial security, you often talk about what matters to them most. And that means you're going to talk about their values and ultimately where their hope lies. So that's my story uh, in a nutshell. Uh, A lot more to say about that, but uh, that's a good start. Yeah, and I think one of the areas where Paul and I hit it off is that we did have a lot of conversations around, well, yes, I'm a financial advisor, but hey, this is God's money at the end of the day. And what role does that play in people's lives because they don't commonly think about that. So how do you present that to your clients? No, oh, it's man, it's a great question. And as you can well imagine, um, uh, folks are on different levels. They're in different places in life. And so some, it might absolutely blindside them uh, to uh, come up with a very frank and forward question like that. Uh, so we would want to kind of come in the back door. And oftentimes yep. coming in through story uh, can be very can be very helpful. Others are already uh, convinced uh, that all they own, uh, they're responsible to simply channel or what we'd say steward um, in a direction that serves God's greater kingdom purposes. So, how do you do it? Um, well, I'm I'm learning, <laughs> I'm learning, but Aren't uh, we all? ultimately. You, you, you do your best to uh, read the situation in, in, in a manner that would suggest this person would be open to uh, in an introductory, introductory uh, type of uh, conversation about what does it mean to channel your funds toward bigger things than you. Um, and then you wait to get a bit of a buy-in. Do, is, it, is it clicking? Is it or is it resonating with, uh, with them? And then other times, quite frankly, uh, there has to be uh, a very gentle encouragement um, and, and, and talk with folks a little bit about uh, the finality of, uh, of, of, of life here on earth. And so um, as far as I'm aware, mortality rate is still 100% other than... Uh, Death and taxes. That's right. Yeah. So that, that's a great question. Like a lot of things, uh, it's complicated. Well, what's not? Yeah. Uh, but I, 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 I know in the conversations that it, I've had over the years talking about money, it gets right to the core of your morals and values. And so, uh, and I think that's a little bit about what we talk about quite a bit as men and being oriented and, and, uh, so thanks for telling us a little bit about your story, Paul. I can't wait to learn more as we continue these podcasts and, and uh, 
continue to move forward with with uh, storytelling, which I believe is a becoming a lost art. Yeah. Well, who doesn't love a good story? Um, you but know, Facebook doesn't count, by the way. Doesn't, doesn't count. No, does, I mean, never no, since we've been little no. kids, right? Tuck, tuck, tuck in your jammies and uh, grandma's going to tell a story. So everybody hush. And uh, and yet uh, you get a, a 50, 60 year old uh, professional uh, sitting across from you. And, and, and you, lean, you lean in and you say, uh, you mind if I uh, share a story with you? Yeah. And it gets quiet. Yeah. And they're interested. Yeah. So it, it, it never goes out of fashion. We commonly say and have heard in a lot of our men's groups that you never know another man until you that until you hear their story. And so with that, here's a little about me. I grew up uh in central Iowa. Uh, people commonly ask me, Were you a farm kid? Well, if 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 growing up in a town of thirteen thousand people is a farm kid, then I guess I was a farm kid, but Really, I was a city kid. Would go out and work on some of the farms during the summer, but I grew up in a very typical Midwest family. Uh, really hated school. It was always in the way of all my sports programs. Um, typical Midwesterner ate a meat and two sides for dinner and uh, was raised in the Lutheran church, avid churchgoer growing up with my family. And I loved watching healthy doses of the Brady Bunch, Dukes of Hazard, and the A Team. I mean, who doesn't? Right. I mean, Marsha is still pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. And so, Daisy, come yeah. on. So I mean, so what tainted my life? Well, that had to have been MTV and Tawny Catan, God rest her soul, climbing on a car uh, during a White Snake video. But I digress. But it definitely tainted my view of uh, certain things forever. I would say as I was growing up, you know, my teen years were pretty tame. Pretty tame. Uh, Just always going from one sports season to the next. Had a lot of great buddies. Um, When I finally graduated high school and and grew up and went to attempt, I'll say attempted to go to college, I found myself quite rebellious, enjoyed an adult beverage. Or three. Or three. Or nine. <laughs> um, and, you know, I really stopped going to class. And, and, you know, I wasn't really all that concerned with morals and values or I'm not even sure I wanted to grow up at the, at the, at that point in my life. But, uh, at that time, church didn't really matter to me, although God did because it had been firmly implanted in me, but I was just busy having fun. And it didn't really occur to me that having fun wasn't going to equate to success until one day I just found myself in a dorm room madly going through the Bible trying to figure out how to get out of my situation. And the only conclusion that I could come to was just throw everything in your car and run home to mom and dad. So I did. (laughs) So I did. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that allowed me to do a little growing up, a little reflection in my life. And it wasn't but a, a couple of years later 
when I met my wife, Jill, on a blind date. And now we've been married for 25 years and have uh, two lovely children. So uh, it's quite a journey to get there. And I, I, I give her all the credit for me growing up because it was either that or lose the girl. Right. Yeah. And so we really, you know, I I think that, that the one thing I can say about it is we learn from each other. We, we just because we were moving, we moved a couple of times, uh, to Texas, um, and now to South Carolina. And I really think that that helped us dive into our relationship and focus on us because we were all we had. And, um, we got more involved in church and, um, more involved in, um, under gaining understanding of the role that faith played in our marriage and family life. And so, especially over the last 14 or so years that we've lived in South Carolina. And so it was an opportunity to really get intimately involved in, uh, in church life. Um, which was an interesting experience. I'm skipping way ahead here because I want to jump ahead and say, just tell you a story about how Paul and I met after we moved here to, to, uh, Spartanburg, South Carolina. Paul and I were uh, networking uh, at a networking, a business networking event. We were uh, we were eating lunch. We were we were, eat, we were eating lunch. We did meet to eat lunch and listening to a lot of shticks. Yeah, and so um, we really hit it off talking about giving and taking in the business world. Yeah, it seems uh, like uh, we went out to lunch, just you and you and me. Yeah. After uh, after a big yeah. group meeting. Yeah. Okay. And we started talking about giving and and taking, and it was intriguing to us how many people were willing to take, but not really willing to give, and that that led us to having conversations about God and other men, and uh, so we decided to venture off into the world of uh, small men's groups, which I believe at the time, if I'm being honest, we thought was going to be another small networking group. Well, absolutely, absolutely. It was it was all about um, who can I meet that would provide maybe some financial benefit. I certainly was was still in 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 kind of that that mindset, yep. Yep. and that's not yep. yep. That's not necessarily a, a bad thing, but I would uh, say that's the average dude's mindset. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, seems like I I had asked you, hey, you want to catch lunch sometime? Yeah. And uh, with every intention that, uh, well, you and I would chat, and ultimately, uh, you may end up sending me some folks I could help, and and maybe I could even do something yeah. you know, with you, and and so it was it was almost more transactional in nature, even though we were already not terribly excited about the transactionality of yeah. others, we were still a little bit, we were still there. Yeah, and I was still trying to figure it all out. I was kind of fresh into the entrepreneurial world. I, I had, uh, uh, I, is it fair to say they aged me out of the workforce so I had to become an entrepreneur, maybe? You I don't, don't know. You don't look that old. I don't know if 
like, I don't know. I don't know if that's fair. However, um, you know, I was doing my best to try to figure out how to become an entrepreneur and how to connect, you know, with, uh, with other people. And, and this, this, this whole, um, relationship and, and I, Paul and I evolved it through, uh, you know, spiritual men's groups and, and really trying to figure out how can we live in community? And we connected with, uh, uh, a number of other groups has really been hugely beneficial, I think, to both of us. And and I would dare say has become, um, as I've grown in my coaching now, um, I'm a one-way life coach really dedicated to helping men become successful and satisfied in both their business and professional lives. But over and above that, this is really um, helping men has become a personal mission for me. And I think I speak for Paul when I say it's become a personal mission for both of us um, to not live on our own, but be in community with other men with a Christ-like focus. Yeah. And I don't know if you even remember, I don't, I don't remember how our conversation eventuated into, Hey, I think we need to start uh, a group for guys and to get together regularly. Somehow I think it ended up coming out of a shared value that, uh, I don't want to do life as a man on my own, with my own resources. I think there might be more, but we didn't really know what we were signing up for. I'd done groups before, but it was typically, hey, let's go through a book. Uh, We met at the pancake breakfast, uh, right, at the First Baptist Church, and we really ought to be together and check some of the boxes and feel good about the fact that we're not... um, just winging it, but I did not view male relationships as life-giving, and uh, like the Bible says, iron sharpening iron, which it's uh, it's a little brutal, right? Yeah. There's filings that come off (laughs) the metal when you're sharpening metal, right? Yeah, yeah. So I don't think we even recognized what would come of it until you and I ended up getting invited to a larger national men's gathering, uh, which you can go into de- more detail uh, on NCS at some point in the future. Yep, we will. Yep. So so that happened, and I think we both realized, hey, I think there's something here. I And I still think there's something here. I think there's a lot more. I think men are searching uh, for the type of information that we've been able to curate over the last few years. And, uh, I mean, don't you think? Oh, well, clearly. And it's become very obvious in, in recent years that, uh, the masculine heart, the strong male is opposed at almost every turn. And so, uh, what I'd like to see, and I know this is your vision as well, is equipping guys to stop apologizing 
for being a man, uh, to, to move forward uh, into what God has uh, for us to influence for good um, those who need uh, the masculine voice. Uh, it is part of the original design. Yep. But also address some current issues um, that have been all but um, waylaid by a very, very strong, uh, clearly uh, oppositional force to silence men. And um, unfortunately, what what's that, that's done is it shut a lot of guys down, and they've just bowed their head, um, pretty much mumbled some apologetic words, and... Um, Put in their 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 you know their their pink slip, uh, so to speak, to to park it for a while. Well, yeah, and it's made it easy. And uh, this is not the COVID mask, but it, it you know a lot of guys are just walking around wearing a mask. And when we say mask, we mean not keeping it real, uh, uh, not the Fauci thing. Right, no. that's right. Uh, so, um, you know, and the, and we have learned to to live in that the importance of just keeping it real and not wearing a mask. And, uh, you know, every man's story matters and we all have one and we all want to feel cared for. And if I have to say, that's one of the bigger goals for this show is that we're able to let guys know you matter, your story matters and, uh, you can be cared for. In fact, I'm going to throw this out. If you need help establishing a men's small group and you want to get together with other guys, let us know. Drop us an email. We'd be happy to talk with you about it. This is something we've been working through ourselves. Maybe sometimes great, maybe sometimes not. Um, But this is something we've been working through and on for for a number of years now. So um, if that's something that you need help with, Certainly let us know. Well, listen, for first show. Time flies. Yeah. Just cruising. Feel like we nailed it. Well. More or less. All right. So, but what I, what I want to say is this, folks. I'm optimistic that you will turn into our next show, and, and uh, we want to learn from you, and we hope we've got some nuggets along the way as you get to know us. Um on our next show, we're going to talk more about kind of how we ended it. Why are we chasing men's hearts? Why does it matter? Why is it important to live in community? And so we will talk more about that on our next show. Absolutely. We are just getting started. That's right. We'll talk to you soon. We'll see you next show. Improve your life today with Mike Van Pelt and One Way Life Coaching. Let's develop a roadmap of discovery that leads to success and satisfaction in your life. Find additional information and details of how you can have a free initial coaching call at wedevelopyou.com backslash Van Pelt.